0: Welcome to the Configure Price Quote podcast. My name is Frank Sohn, and I'm the founder of Novo CPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Craig Ksel from Salesforce CPQ and Billing. Craig is Vice President Product Marketing and is based in the San Francisco Bay Area. He has been with Salesforce for almost 14 years and we are grateful that he found some time before this year's Dreamforce to join us for this interview. Welcome, Craig, to the CPQ Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on, Frank. No, very much appreciate. As I said, I'm pretty sure you're very busy with uh, Dreamforce preparations, right? So that you find some time. Very much appreciated. Uh, Talking about spare time, right? So I saw something uh, on Twitter that I definitely wanted to ask you about. You had climbed Sydney Bridge in 2017. How did it come to that? Is that you're climbing bridges in your spare time?
1: I know. It's funny. We were in Sydney for the Salesforce World Tour in 2017. Um, And I had actually studied abroad in Australia, so I had been there before, but didn't climb the bridge when I was there in, um, in college. And so when we were back there for the world tour, we had a couple of extra hours to kill, and it seemed like a great team activity. So myself... Um, a couple of people from Salesforce in America at headquarters and our local team down in Sydney. Uh, we all got together and walked over the bridge. It was very, very fun. Terrifying, but very fun.
0: Yeah, I bet that was terrifying. I mean, how can you do that? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. In the Bay Area, I don't think you're allowed to climb on the Golden Gate Bridge, for example. So is, is that some guided tours or you need to get and you, you need to fill out an application or how does it work?
1: Oh, so, yeah, they have uh, guided tours for it. So anybody can go do it. It actually took um, one person wanted to they came up with the idea to do these tours and it took him 10 years in order to start the business and get all the permits with the city Um, the city gave him a list of like 100 objections and he worked through every single objection until he was able to open his tour company and now they give thousands and thousands of tours every year
0: Wow. Now, that, that's very good. I think that's almost an, an example in leadership, right? So going through and work through all the objections. Excellent. Uh, any other things, exciting things that you do in your spare time we may want to talk before we start talking a little bit about CPQ.
1: Um, you know, my spare time these days, I have a nine-month-old son. So I spend most of my time chasing him around the house. He started crawling and he's going faster and faster every week. So uh, we spend a lot of our time with him. Um, I live just north of San Francisco over the Golden Gate Bridge. So I take my son, my dog, my wife, and we all go hiking in the woods around our house, which we love a lot.
0: Oh, excellent. No, I bet that that's quite some fun. Now let's talk about other things which are fun too, but a different kind of fun, right? So it's the Configure Price Quote. How did you get started working with Configure Price Quote?
1: Uh, so like you said, I've been at Salesforce for 14 years. Um, I'd actually been on the Sales Cloud product marketing team um, for about five years and had worked on all different um, products and features inside of Sales Cloud. And then once we acquired Steelbrick, um, they were looking for someone to join the team who had experience, who knew Sales Cloud, who knew the company. Um, and I was very excited to actually work on the CPU product line. It was Steelbrick when we acquired it. Then it became Salesforce CPQ and billing. Because it's really the probably the most important part of sales and opportunity managers actually doing the quoting um, and the pricing. So it really filled that last bit of the lead to cash story that we had been working on for so long.
0: And I bet right now it's a super exciting time for you since you're in product marketing, right? So with Dreamforce coming up, what's most exciting from your point of view?
1: Um, so Dreamforce is always a really exciting time. It's, it's our biggest moment of the year um, so we started working on Dreamforce back in June, um, and it's heated up every week um, from June until now, and so we're about you know 20 days away. Um, so Dreamforce is always the highlight of the year for me. Um, I love meeting all of our customers, bringing our new features to market, um, working with our sales teams and our product teams and our marketing teams to put on an amazing event. Um, I've been to 14 Dreamforces, and I honestly think that each one is always better than the last.
0: Great. And when you take your first Dreamforce and compare it to the one this year in 2019, how much has the event grown over the years? Are there any crows numbers that you can share?
1: Yeah, when I actually started Salesforce, I started in, um, in marketing as a business analyst and I worked on Dreamforce. The first Dreamforce I worked on was Dreamforce 2006. And our registration goal was 5,000 people. This year, we will have over 150,000 people on site. So oh, it is a just an amazing, amazing growth story. And Dreamforce now sells out every year, so it's sold out earlier than ever before this year.
0: Mm. And what's uh, your goal for uh, Salesforce CPQ and billing?
1: Um, so we don't have a specific registration goal for Salesforce CBQ and billing, but we have our CPQ and billing keynote. It's Thursday at 1.30 p.m. this year, and last year it was completely sold out. So our keynote holds about 1,100 people, um, and this year we actually booked an overflow area because not everyone could get in last year, but we wanted to sh- share the message. So this year you can catch it in our overflow area in the sales lodge as well.
0: And you're also broadcasting anything live or uh, recorded and, and stream it afterwards?
1: Uh, yes, the C- the CBQ and Billy keynote will be streamed live at Dreamforce.com. Um, Salesforce Live is our streaming video channel, so it will be featured while while it is on. So everybody at home can catch it Thursday at one thirty.
0: Excellent. And now, concerning your goals for for Dreamforce, anything specific that you can share?
1: Um, for me, for Dreamforce, it's just always about letting our customers know. That Salesforce CPQ can solve a lot of their different problems. Um, you know, we have a lot of customers who come to Dreamforce, and quite frankly, Salesforce has so many products that it's very difficult for all of our customers to actually know the breadth of our full product offering. And so, when they come to Dreamforce, they're inspired by the vision. But I really want everyone to leave Dreamforce with not just inspiration. You'll get inspired in Mark's keynote at uh, the way these companies have transformed the way they do business. But I want everyone to leave with a roadmap. I want them to write down five, 10, 15 th- actionable things that they could take away from the conference, go back to their day job, the Monday after Dreamforce, and put into action. Whether it's evaluating CPQ, whether it's figuring out a new workflow or pricing rule, or a way to collaborate with your between your sales and your finance teams to get more value out of the product. I, I love it when people can take something away go bring it back to their business, put it in place, and then come back to me the next year and say, Greg, guess what? I did what you told me, and now you can put me up on stage.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Now, uh, one question I have to ask, since you worked with a couple of influencers at Salesforce CPQ and billing, right? So I I think about Go.Able and a couple of others. Who is an influencer you listen to uh, regularly and, and why?
1: Uh, you know, one of my favorite is Sean Joyce at Navent. Sean Joyce used to work at Salesforce, and Sean has worked in Quote to Cash his entire career, both as a partner doing implementations. Um, he built a product team at one of these uh, – another company, and he knows more about Lead to Cash than most of us have, have forgotten. Um, he has deep finance knowledge. Um, So not only does he know CPQ, but he really knows billing and the finance space as well. He's one of the few people that I've met that can truly trace every piece of data and every flow all the way from lead to opportunity to quote, all the way through cash and collections. Um, So check him out. He works for Navint. It's a uh, a partner of Salesforce. um, And they're a great, great company to work with.
0: Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about your team, what your team does at Salesforce.
1: Sure. So my team, um, I run the product marketing team for CPQ and billing. And so the product marketing function in Salesforce is responsible for two main things. Um, the first thing is we work with our product teams so that when they build a new feature, or they build a new product, we work with them on how to, how to message it, how to talk about it, how to explain the value, how to price it, how to package it, and really bring it to market. But then we also partner with our sales teams so that our sales teams know what what our products are, what they do, how to explain them to customers, and how to make sure that our customers who have purchased CPQ are successful um, in their journey with Salesforce. Um, So we really touch most of the sides of the organization. It's very exciting. Hmm.
0: And what I see when I work with customers is that there are still many questions around CPQ, right? So it's a a niche product still, even though it's getting more important, getting more notice, right? And there's quite a boom in the CPQ era, but still, customers need to be and learn more about it. And I guess marketing materials can be used for that, right? So when I was wondering, what do you use for prospective and existing customers that's very helpful?
1: Uh, you know, it really depends on what a customer is looking for. So we have some assets, uh, something that we're actually working on right now, which I'm really excited about, is we're working on a video series. It's going to come out after Dreamforce, um, really around the CPQ basics. The first video is what is CPQ and why is it important? Because, you know, that's the number one search request around CPQ is what is CPQ? They don't know what the acronym is. People don't know how it's applicable to their business. So many people are trapped in Excel doing quoting a manual way and spitting it out into a Word doc. They don't even know the category exists. So we're working on a new series of videos and workbooks that will come out again after Dreamforce about how do you even approach this type of project in terms of getting your stakeholders aligned, evaluating what you're going to do, how do you do an implementation, all of the basics. And so going from coming up with an idea of there's got to be a better way to quote to actually being successful with CPQ. Um, so stay tuned for that. It'll be coming out.
0: Yeah, And um, I guess there will be materials outside of the uh, Salesforce CPQ application. And there will also be help within the application, correct?
1: Absolutely. I mean, so the, our goal with this series is we hope that our customers choose Salesforce CPQ. But even if they don't, we want these materials to be helpful for anyone using any different CPQ solution because, you know, the tide rises all the boats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, one question is, since you bring up other CPQ solutions, right? So what, from your point of view, what makes Salesforce CPQ and billing stand out from 100 and more other CPQ solutions that are available?
1: Uh, It's a great question, Frank. I think first and foremost, it's Salesforce CPQ and billing. We start with our customer. You know, our products solve for our customer pains across the entire quote to cash process. You know, take an example a customer, if a customer needs to amend a contract, how does that sales rep or the account manager, actually make the change? And how does that change flow all the way downstream to the invoice and then ultimately integrating back into the ERP system? It's a really complicated process, and Salesforce makes that process easy to do. Um, and we do it for all different business models, whether you're selling a perpetual product, a usage product, or a subscription product.
0: Hmm. And And one question here concerning also the the ERP system, since you mentioned that, uh, are there any standard uh, connections available to the the standard ERP systems like Oracle, like Infor, like SAP and 150 others, I guess?
1: So we recommend using MuleSoft and the MuleSoft AnyPoint platform. Um, for that API-led integration between CPQ and billing and your back-end ERP system. Um, MuleSoft actually has a number of connectors available for CPQ and billing to fulfill those common use cases of order to inventory and other integrations into the ERP.
0: Okay, now let's talk about what can Dreamforce visitors expect this year.
1: Um, so if it's your first Dreamforce, it's going to be a little crazy. It's going to be overwhelming. Uh, my pro tips for Dreamforce are wear comfortable shoes and always charge your phone whenever you can. Um, but from the CPQ and the billing side, we have our CPQ keynote Thursday at 1.30. It's in the Marriott Marquis, um, And this year we're featuring our two customer trailblazers. One is Google Cloud and the second is ValPak. So both of these customers are really marquee, amazing transformation stories, um, and they're using CPQ to really fuel their business. Um, and the second piece I highly recommend is going to the Sales Lodge of the Marriott Marquis, where, where we're bringing back Configure a Character. And Configure a Character is a really fun station. We all know Astro, the lovable Salesforce mascot. And use, at Configure a Character, you can actually use Salesforce CPQ to configure an outfit that we put on your very own Astro. Have you ever seen the Build-A-Bear workshops or the Build-A-Bear stores in the mall? This is exactly like that. So you can pick custom hoodies and custom T-shirts, and we're going to have some special things throughout the week, and that's in the sales lodge at the Marriott Marquis.
0: Okay, I I like the comparison to Build-A-Bear. I I see you still have a young child, Greg, so... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, last year we gave away over 5,000 Astros, um, all of them configured to the individual user needs using CPQ. So it's a fun way to actually get your hands on the CPQ product and see what um, what it can be used for.
0: I see that some customers in certain industries have performance concerns with large quotes. Are you doing anything that you can share to attract these performance concerns?
1: Um, you know, I talk to a lot of customers throughout my job, and performance actually isn't a big concern for the majority of our install base. Um, but, you know, we're always working to scale out our most complex customer use cases for large quotes. Um, you know, we're one of the few vendors that can actually do multi-thousand line quotes. Um, actually, last year at Dreamforce, we hosted Hitachi Ventara. Um, you can actually re- see their customer success story on our website. Um, and Hitachi is regularly doing 1500 plus line quotes throughout their sales teams Um, so we're seeing it a lot and we're scaling out that platform to handle all these complex
0: customer use cases if you need to know what's happening in the cpq world have a look at our monthly cpq circle subscription it has a state of cpq industry trends news tips and tricks and an event calendar that shows CPQ-related industry events eight months out. Try it today, you won't regret it. Go to novocpq.com, look for services, and then select subscriptions to sign up. And here a message for our listeners in the Denver metro area. We are planning to have a one-day vendor agnostic CPQ workshop that helps you to learn more about key CPQ topics before you start your business transformation project. Send an email to info at com to learn more. And I know that uh, Salesforce has a lot of different partnerships, right? So there are other CPQ vendors, CLM vendors, system integrators, and so on. What, from your point of view, are your most important partnerships and why?
1: Um, You know, we have 3,000 different apps on the AppExchange, and we love them all the same. Um, (laughs) But just last week, we launched our new billing payment apps on the AppExchange, which make it even easier for Salesforce billing customers to collect payments from their to collect payments from their customers. Um, so, we launched with seven different apps um, that are plug and play into Salesforce Billing. Um, and so, that will actually enable our customers to go in and use the payment gateway of their choice to collect payments um, when they send an invoice out with Salesforce Billing.
0: And what's the biggest difference for you between Dreamforce and the Salesforce World Tour stops in different cities?
1: Um, The biggest difference is really just the scale. Um, I mean, Dreamforce, we're going to expect 150,000 people over four days here in San Francisco. Um, So it's a massive, massive event. Um, But then we always take the best of Dreamforce, the messages and the announcements and all the learning. Um, and the community from Dreamforce, and we bring it on the road, which is what our world tour is. So we'd love to have everybody in San Francisco, but a lot of the times our customers can't make it out here. So you should definitely go check out a world tour um, because what we do, we take everything we do at Dreamforce and we bring it on the road. Um, I'm headed to New York in the third week of December to do the world tour in New York, which is basically going to be a scaled-down version of Dreamforce, although much colder outside. <laughs>
0: Exactly. And you have also similar events in Europe and in Asia, right? So anything upcoming that you want to highlight?
1: Yeah, there's a Dreamforce event in London the first week of December, um, a little bitty Dreamforce event in London. The, yeah, I believe it's the first week of December. And then in the spring, we'll hit the road again.
0: Okay, okay. And now the North America market is quite different from the European market and from the Asian market. How, how do you see these differences and how do you respond to them?
1: I think the biggest difference we see is really just around compliance and regulation. Um, The finance and the privacy regulations are so different um, between America and Europe and then really within every individual country um, that we see that businesses need robust systems to track all these individual requirements across all of the different countries that they're doing business in. Um, So we built CPQ to be able to handle these multiple business units and all of these complicated pricing and privacy rules. And then overall for Salesforce as a company, you know, we do see a lot of our growth coming out outside of the US. So it's a huge focus for us. Um, you know, We have our Salesforce Tower in London. We just announced the Salesforce Tower in Sydney. So we have major hubs all over the world outside of America.
0: What tools work best for you for sales and, and partner enablements? I see a lot of CPQ vendors adding videos to it uh, or having guidance in the application itself. I think your trailblazer community uh, is pretty popular. Any tips and tricks from your side on what works best on sales enablement? Sales and partner um, enablement, I should say.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, half of our job is doing sales enablement, so I could talk about that forever. <laughs> um, from the partner perspective, I love WalkMe. Um, they allow you to put guidance right inside of Salesforce or an App Exchange partner. Um, but for us... We do a lot of sales training, um, and I found the key to sales training is, is making sure that it's results-driven. Salespeople don't want to be just told about a new process. They want to know what is in it for them. Um, it's the old WIFM analogy, right? And so when you're thinking about training your sales reps, you need to explicitly tell them, okay, by doing quoting this way, it's different, but you're going to quote five times faster. And show them actually what they're going to do, walk them through it. In the training, so they see the value of it in terms of the pipe generation, the speed they're gonna they're gonna go to market, um, the efficiency that they're gonna gain. Spell that out for them, then show them what um, what you're gonna do, and then actually do it for them.
0: And you're still also doing quite a lot of face-to-face training, or is most of the training virtual?
1: Um, so we do more and more face training. Um, like I, excuse me, more and more virtual training. Um, as Salesforce grows internationally and all over the United States, like I would love to fly around to every hub, but if I did that, I would never get off a plane. So we do a lot of in-person, but then we've also tried to figure out how to do virtual as well. Um, and when you do virtual training, it's even more important to make it interactive. Um, you can't sit there and give a salesperson a 40 minute PowerPoint presentation. They're just never going to listen to it. Um, so the trainings need to be interactive They need to have exercises in them, and you need to actually show them hands-on what you're going to do. Hmm.
0: And you also see differences in training uh, based on customer size for enterprise uh, kind of customers who have, I have an idea, over 5,000 users and stuff uh, versus smaller uh, customers who may have only 50 licenses. Any notable differences there that you can share?
1: I think the biggest difference is always just the scale and the complexity. Hmm. And sometimes that's linear. I mean, it's generally linear. Like a bigger company with more users generally has complexity. But sometimes you see really big enterprises that only sell a few products and they only have a few different pricing rules. So their implementation of Salesforce is actually quite simple. But then you could have a smaller company with 50 salespeople that sells a variety of products in a variety of different configuration ways, which has a very, very complicated um, instance. So it really just depends on the business. In, like you said, generally, it does scale up. And so it's even more important to have a thorough training plan. And training is never successful if it's just a one and done. People need to have ongoing training. They need to have training. That at point in time and point of pain. So if I can't figure something out, I need to know to go where. Need to know where I should go to look for it. But I also need to be proactively trained. So it's always a um, there's never one magical way to train. I always think it's giving someone the premise and teaching them what to do, and then having the resources so they they know what to find and they know how to get their questions answered, and then going back in and reinforcing it. <laughs>
0: Yep, I fully agree. I think it's really an ongoing exercise, right? So there's no end in sight here. Another thing that I wanted to ask you, all the big firms work on uh, imp- improving or simplifying the user experience, right? And I was wondering if Salesforce also doing anything special here.
1: Um, you know, we have some very special announcements at Dreamforce, particularly around the user experience. Um, so I'm going to have to make you wait for hmm. that one. But stay tuned for Dreamforce and check out the keynote where we're going to be announcing um, a new pilot in this, specifically in this area.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to it. And another thing which is very important for, for all, almost every customer I talk to is the system integrations, right? So, And beyond the CRMs and ERPs, there are also e-signature tools, contract lifecycle management. What are the most popular tools that Salesforce CPQ integrates with?
1: Um, you know, we integrate with a lot of different um, CLM and e-signature tools. Um, you know, we, co- we have a great partnership with Conga. At Dreamforce, we're actually going to highlight our partnership with DocuSign. Um, so if you come to the Salesforce campground at Dreamforce, um, we're going to be showing off our joint CPQ and DocuSign solution. For actually getting that signature out and getting that signature back in and integrating that fully into our quoting and pricing experience.
0: And one follow-up question here. If you have two partners in one area, like in our example was the e-signature tool, DocuSign and Conga, when do you work with what partner?
1: Um, I think it really just depends on the customer's needs. There's no one magic uh, recommendation that I have for which one to look at, um, but I recommend both. I recommend customers check out both. They're both fantastic partners, Uh, but they end up doing a little bit more. Um, I mean, Conga really specializes in having that perfect document generation. DocuSign is obviously great at e-signature, and they can do more of the CLM with Spring, um, with the acquisition of Spring CM last year. So each of them have a great product offering that's pretty unique. Um, so I would recommend checking out both of them and picking the one that fits the needs the best.
0: And what do you tell customers when you have so many different firms, so many different integration opportunities? How is a customer supposed to find the best partner for something without investing two weeks in investigating each and every company, obviously?
1: Read online, go check out. Um, you know, there are a lot of great CPQ blogs and podcasts out there that you can go listen to to learn more about them. Um, and then actually going to and checking out the listings on the App Exchange, and then your Salesforce account executive will be able to help you to guide you through that decision as well. Um, most of these partners are major players, and so you can look at Gartner, you can check out G2 Crowd as well. Um, G2 Crowd has crowdsourced ratings, so if you don't want a formal analyst firm, you can go check out G2 as well and actually see where they stack up on the G2 Crowd grid.
0: And why should potential customers and existing customers come to Dreamforce this year?
1: Um, so it's really the biggest event of the CPQ season, um, I always say, like I said, it's it's the best one. It's always the best one yet. Dreamforce will really open all of our customer and prospects' eyes into new ways to bring value to your business and get the most out of your Salesforce solutions. You know, my favorite part about Dreamforce is talking to customers about what they purchased and how to get more out of it. We love putting customers together. There's so much networking that goes on at Dreamforce, and it's not just networking. It's really best practice sharing. Finding people in your industries to talk about how they are doing, um, solving particular challenges, or finding people outside of your uh, industry that are solving similar types of challenges and learning. Um, I know for me, I was in our financial services vertical for a long time just talking to banks and insurance companies. And so many of these customers, when they came to Dreamforce, would make it a point to say, I don't want to talk to another bank. I want to talk to high-tech companies. I want to see what they're doing. I want to talk to manufacturing companies and see what they're doing. So we're all learning from each other, networking and sharing these best practices, and they're all, all having a great time while we're doing it. Fleetwood Mac is the band. It's going to be at – um the oracle arena down here at the where the giants play and it's gonna be a great time
0: and one thing i have to ask you is uh, about the gardner magic quadrant report which came out last week right so what what are your thoughts about that
1: um so we're really proud of the gardner magic quadrant we're a leader for the third year in a row they've only done the CPQ magic quadrant for three years so we've been a leader in all three um it's a huge honor it's really a testament to our product teams, our engineering teams, and really our customers. Um, you know, Our customers are the ones that provide the feedback to Gartner for these things, um, and our customers have given us that valuable insight, given us the feedback to help us push the product farther and farther and be even more successful. Um, so it's, it's a great honor for us to be included in the leader quadrant.
0: And how much effort is that for you, and how many customers do ask for these reports? Is that something you can share?
1: i 'm um, not sure the exact number of customers um, we give a list to Gardner and they reach out to our specific customers so I, I actually don 't know who they do and don 't talk to them you know it 's kind of an anonymous survey um, or anonymous from us, uh, but you know our our team spend a good amount of time on this. We want to make sure that the analysts understand exactly what our products can do and all the innovation that we 're bringing to bear
0: yeah, yeah. and If one of our listeners wants to meet you or anyone else from the Salesforce team. At uh, Dreamforce, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, You know, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Greg Gazelle, and I know that's a hard one to spell. So you can just check out at Salesforce CPQ as well. Um, At Salesforce CPQ on Twitter is going to be posting about all of our events, exactly what's going on, where to go. Um, We have a four perfect days guide, which will show you all the best and the the best of the best um, sessions and events to check out. And you can reach out there. I'd love to connect with our customers and our loyal listeners of the podcast here at Dreamforce.
0: Excellent. And one last question I have to ask, because exactly when you mentioned the name, right? So, Greg Gazelle sounds to me, the last name sounds a little bit German, Austrian, something like that. Is is there anything you can share here?
1: Uh, Yeah, the name's actually Swiss-French. It comes from the Oslo-Oslo border um, between Switzerland and France. So I've actually met a, a couple of people from Switzerland and people from France as well that knew exactly how to pronounce my name the very first time. And you know that they have they know no one gets it right on the first time. Um, it's you know if they do, they should buy a lottery ticket. But so yeah, it's not super common here in the United States, but it's a little bit more common once you go back over to kind of that Swiss French region.
0: Excellent. Greg, thank you very much. Looking forward to see you at Dreamforce.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Frank. Really looking forward to seeing you at Dreamforce and welcoming all of our customers to San Francisco um, for Dreamforce
0: in three weeks. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.